of Truth Radio Show, folks. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger. My co-host, Pastor Leversey, is not here today. He's on vacation. Where he went, we don't know. He doesn't tell us, but we got the A-team filling in, Mark Dowler and his son, Tim Dowler. Tim, of course, uh, produces the show every every week for us. But uh, we appreciate you gentlemen coming in. Mark Dowler comes all the way from Ohio. A long way. Across that big river. And we appreciate uh, we appreciate you coming in. So we're the only show in America where you'll experience the fusion of church and state. We're going to talk culture, history, current events from a biblical perspective. We podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger, and you can hear us here every Thursdays uh, Thursday at five, Saturdays at three, and then we we try to go live uh, at least once or once a week. On Wednesday mornings at nine o'clock, we don't always make it just because of schedules, and uh, we made it today, and uh, we'll be here um, next Wednesday. Also, I think Pastor Leversey will be back. If not, we'll uh, we'll have the A team in, or we'll have somebody filling in. So Christmas is right around the corner, gentlemen, and I hope. Uh, have I told you guys what I wanted for Christmas? I don't know if I've texted uh, you. No, my I, list. Didn't, I no. didn't get that list. You didn't get. To- <laughs> That's funny because I was sure I texted it to you, but it's coming. And my wife is always really good about it. She's like a busy bee. She's uh, always in fifth gear. She's this little Italian chick who just has all this uh, bundle of energy, and um, I don't. I like uh, I like watching her energy. It's very enthusiastic <laughs> and inspiring. You know what I mean? So uh, we're gonna talk. You last week. Uh, I don't know how I. Missed it, but Pearl Harbor was uh, the event last week, and uh, we didn't talk about it on the show. Um, so we're, we're going to talk about Pearl Harbor from uh, talk about some of its Christian history and also just what happened because because uh, we're forgetting our history. And um, Mark Dowler and I have a mutual friend who was there. He was on uh, when Pearl Harbor was attacked. He's passed away. I don't know, probably fifteen years ago or so. And he and his wife are just uh, wonderful Christian people, Christian gentlemen. Yeah. So we'll talk about him in a minute, and then we're going to talk about some religious freedom issues at the end of the show. We'll be here for an hour, and uh, uh, so we'll hit some important stuff going on in the culture. The uh, Have you guys heard Tim and Mark Dowler? Uh, have you heard about the toddler who survived being swallowed by a hippo? I don't know if you heard this story. This was um, a breaking <laughs> story. This did not happen in Ohio or West Virginia. I don't. Think, I don't think we have any hippos. I don't think we have that. hippos at least in a hundred mile radius. Maybe out there like Louisiana or up in Maine. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, so a two year old boy in Western Casey District of Uganda. See, that's not the U.S. Uganda. That's where the hippos are. Survived. Uh, this is <laughs> this is an amazing story. Two year old boy in Uganda survived an attack from a wild hippopotamus after it swallowed him. And throw him back up. This is like a Uganda um, uh, Jonah story. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, Jonah got swallowed by the whale and got thrown back up. Right? So this little boy got swallowed by a hippo. And the hippo threw him back up. Uh, the boy was, uh, anyone eating breakfast right now? I hope that. Uh, yeah, that's going to stick around for a little while. <laughs> the boy was playing at home in Kotwe Kabatoro Town Council on Sunday when the hippo attacked him, swallowing him Head first, according to local police reports cited by Newsweek, locals saw the attack and threw stones at the hippo. Because that's what you do, I guess. <laughs> I'm taking notes. What else, what else would you do? They threw stones at the hippo, causing the semi-aquatic mammal to regurgitate the young boy and dash back into the lake uh, half a mile from the boy's home. The boy reportedly identified as Paul Yiga, 
by local news stations was returned to his parents. This would be a horror story. Can you imagine your little two-year-old getting... You imagine little Timmy when Timmy... Mm. I remember when Timmy was... Uh, two years uh, old. And a hippo uh, comes up and swallows you. The boy reportedly identified as Paul Eagle by local news stations was returned to his parents after being treated at a hospital where he also received a rabies vaccine. I guess that's what you... <laughs> Despite being attacked by one of the most dangerous animals on the planet. See, people uh, people think those hippos are cute and all cuddly. They're not. Uh, no. They're quite dangerous, and um, they will swallow your child. So uh, keep your children away from it. Despite being attacked by one of the most dangerous animals on the planet, which kill an estimated 500 people annually. That's why I'm glad they're not wow. indigenous to the United States and specifically West Virginia and Ohio. Uh, the boy suffered only minor injuries. How about that? So praise God for that. They started throwing stones at that hippopotamus, and that hippo swallowed that boy back up. Wow. It's incredible. <laughs> so I just saw that last night. I thought, man, that would be great for the radio. Folks would love to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. That's why I didn't tell you guys ahead of time, because I wanted your I wanted your uh, reaction, and you guys can't uh, can't see the reaction. <laughs> but they are ashen-faced and uh, slack-jawed. Yeah, I uh, think are yeah, two just... good terms. Um, all right, so let's talk. Uh, hang tight, folks, because we're going to play a little video uh, audio clip. Thirty seconds. That's phenomenal. In just a minute, but first, I want to hit this handgun story because handguns are popular uh, in the Mid Ohio Valley, uh, across West Virginia, and largely across Ohio. Also, would you uh, would you guys? Not agree, Mark Dell. You were born in Ohio? Or? No, I'm from West Virginia. You are from West Virginia, but you moved to Ohio. Uh, but I'm still a West Virginian at heart. Yes. Mm. So you root for the Mountaineers. And um, Let's see here. Okay, I found it. Here is handgun owners carrying daily. Millions find a low-cost health plan is that me? No, that's my. So Hold on. Let me turn my volume down. That's... Uh, this is live radio. <laughs> yeah. This is live radio. Handgun owners carrying daily in U.S. doubled, doubled in four years. Self-protection cited as main reason. Why? Because people are afraid. People do not feel safe. Doubled in four years. Uh, twice the number of Americans were carrying handguns daily in 2019 compared to 2015. Twice as many. Wow, that's a stunning number in just four years. So this is uh, this study is a couple years on it, but I would say it's you know more than that now. Because yes, it is. People see uh, people see on social media all the time these carjackings, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are great stories because <clears throat> people are carrying and shooting these people dead that try to steal their car or try to. Uh, Kill them, break into their house, or whatever. And you have a you have a, a biblical, um, not a mandate, but you have uh, a, a, a biblical authority to defend yourself yes. lethally in your home. The Bible says if a man be found breaking into your home, you can kill him because you don't know what he's coming in for. And that's how much <coughs> God cares about property rights. That's your property. God is not a Marxist. He is he is uh, very much for. For human beings owning their property, and especially in a Christian culture as ours, um, or ours was anyway, twice the number of Americans carrying in 2015 or 2019 as compared to 2015. Around 6,000 gun owners carried handguns every day in 2019, up from 3,000. Um, so, does anyone in here uh, carry? Do you know of anyone in the room here? Yeah, so there's uh, there's three of us in the studio, and, and one, <laughs> one has, has a weapon. One conspicuously uh, carries his handgun, and, and we love that. Uh, the number of respondents, uh, see, anyway, so there's the numbers. Um, well, let me read this. The number of respondents to the online survey who said they had carried a gun in the last month also nearly doubled from 9 million to 16 million. How about that? Golly. People are afraid. That's good. Well, okay, so here's a number here. Uh, According to this, in 2022, there are 22 um, 
uh, some 22 million concealed carry permit holders in the U.S. Wow, 22 million. That's 2022. How many? 22 million. Yeah. So uh, Americans <laughs> have been yeah gunning up. Uh, whatever the term is for a lot of years, at least the last 10 or 12 years, yeah. um, exponentially. Well, like uh, we saw a skyrocket in um, gun sales during the pandemic, and it's only went up since then. It skyrocketed starting with Obama, frankly. Yeah. That's when guns, because people start fearing for their uh, freedoms. Yeah. And um, that's when I bought a, a handgun yeah. back in really? the Obama yeah. administration. Yeah. So. Uh, I got my AR during uh, Trump just because I love Trump. A lot I thought, of I love Trump. I'm going to go buy an AR. During, <laughs> during, That's logical, right? During, well, it was like during like the lockdowns, a lot of people used their uh, stimulus checks and went out and bought firearms with them. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we, those, uh, the stimulus checks, we got uh, $6, $8 billion, uh, trillion dollars handed out to the American people in three years caused uh, – you know, ten percent inflation, but some folks bought guns. There's yes. always God always gives us that silver lining, right? Yes, a militia was armed, pretty What's that? much. A militia was armed, pretty much. Yes, it, it, it was. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, so we got a uh, we got a a little audio clip. I was just shuffling through. I found this. Um, I don't know uh, how I ran into it, but this guy uh, is an MMA fighter. I don't think any of us really follow. MMA that closely, but uh, so this guy has a very thick accent, and he uh, he's Cuban or originally Cuban. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a little hard to understand, but wait till you hear it. We'll, go, we'll play it at least twice. Okay. Um, but uh, I want folks to listen to this. This will this blew me away. Listen closely uh, because he's a little hard to understand, but he will uh, he'll light your fire. Go ahead, Tim. I want to say something. Maybe I, I'm trying English. See, see, so sorry, so I know the people don't understand me, but I'm trying. Hey! Hey, USC! Hey, Miami! Hey, Florida! Listen, people, listen, listen, listen! What happened to you, USA? What happened to you? What's going on, you? Forget! For the, the best of the best of the world, the name is Jesus Christ. What happened to you? Wake up, you are saying. Go, go back for you. Go, go for Jesus. Oh man! So I'm gonna tell you, dude. This guy, man, and a pic, just picture him. He looks like he looks like a linebacker, a bald Cuban guy, and he's got a headband, a white headband that mm-hmm. says in red letters. John three sixteen. Oh wow! And he's a prophet. He's a prophet of God. In that, uh, I don't. I assume he won the the fight. I don't know anything ab- I think about he did him. Win. He would. Uh, uh, that would. Uh, that would make sense. His name. What's his name again, Tim? Uh, Yoel Romero. Yeah. I I believe I, so. I think that's it. So let me tell you what he said, and then we'll play it one more time, uh, Tim. So he said, "Hey, hey, USA, hey, Miami, hey, Florida." So at that point. The crowd's thinking, oh, he's going to just give us all a shout-out. That's not what he's about to do. Listen, people, listen, listen, listen. What happened to you, USA? What happened to you? What's going on? You forget. The best of the best of the world. The name of Jesus Christ. What happened to you? Wake up, USA. Go back where you gone. Go to Jesus. No forget Jesus, people. How's my accent? I think that's a pretty good <laughs> Cuban accent, don't you think? Uh, <laughs> so so uh, that's what he said. So we're going to play one more time. Listen closely and uh, just uh, uh, get blessed by this because, man, God put this in his heart. And I don't know if he thought about this before the fight. and He said, oh, I'm gonna, if I win, this is what I'm going to say. Or either way. I don't know if it just just spontaneously came out of his heart but this guy loves jesus and this guy's a prophet tim go ahead i want to say something maybe I, i'm trying english see, see so sorry so i know the people don't understand me but i'm trying hey hey usc hey miami hey florida 
Listen, people, listen, listen, listen. What happened to you, USA? What happened to you? What's going on? You forget for the, the best of the best of the war. The name is Jesus Christ. What happened to you? Wake up, USA. Go, go back for you. Go, go for Jesus. How about that? Yoel Romero? Is that his name? I think so, yeah. Okay, I've got it written down here. I just can't find it in my notes. Oh, yeah. Yo, Yoel Romero. He's from Cuba. Cuba. He emigrated to Germany. Tim, is that what yes. you found? Tim did yes. some uh, looking up on that. What? What? Man, that was awesome. You hadn't heard that, had you, Mark? I had not. How about that? That was all right. That was uh, powerful. All right, so uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bump out of this segment. When we come back... We're going to talk about Pearl Harbor and maybe one or other. We got a, another uh, one or two little s- s- uh, short stories that we might hit you with that are interesting to uh, to give some variety. But we're going to talk about Pearl Harbor because um, I forgot to mention it last week. Shame on me! But um, we're going to give some. Um, we forget what happened. I guarantee the young yeah. people don't know what happened. These young uh, woke kids. They don't know that a whole bunch of Americans died at Pearl Harbor and were heroic at Pearl Harbor and uh, uh, gave their lives for freedom and for the next generations at uh, in World War II and, and uh, all the other wars, Vietnam and uh, Iran, or Iraq and so on. So you're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. This is Mike Asinger. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. There was a Roman soldier who trusted Jesus enough to send him a message. His servant needed healing. The soldier believed without needing to see and without needing Jesus to make a house call. This soldier knew he didn't deserve to be in the presence of Jesus. He was convinced that the servant would be healed if Jesus just said he was healed. This man had learned to trust those with authority, and Jesus had authority. This Roman centurion trusted the outcome to the command of one who could change outcomes. Jesus knew faith when he saw it, and this veteran showed an unexpected faith. God is the master of impossibilities. He's strong when you're weak. Bring your sin and he'll bring his forgiveness. His authority means you can trust his plan. Follow. Get the help you need. Praise FM, your home for today's gospel music. A portion of today's programming on Praise FM has been brought to you by an underwriting grant from Levitt Funeral Home. Levitt Funeral Home is the area's only locally owned multi-generational home. Five generations of the Levitt family have been personally involved in serving our community. So, a family can always do business with someone they know, someone they can depend on. Levitt Funeral Home can offer information about grief resources, ideas on planning a funeral or memorial service, information about our products and services, and ways to bring family and friends together through our online obituaries, email condolence program, and information for families about the Levitt Family Center. Levitt Funeral Home is celebrating 125 years of serving the Valley with two locations in Parkersburg and Belpre. The phone number for Levitt Funeral Home is 422-6459. We are thankful for John and Stephen Levitt of Levitt Funeral Home for supporting listener-supported Praise FM Radio. I want to say something. Maybe I, I'm trying English. So sorry, I know the people don't understand me, but I'm trying. Hey! Hey, USC! Hey, Miami! Hey, Florida! Listen, people, listen, listen, listen. What happened to you, USA? What happened to you? What's going on, you? Forget for the, the best of the best of the war. The name is Jesus Christ. What happened to you? Wake up, USA. Go. Go back for you. Go. Go for Jesus. What happened to you, USA? The name of Jesus Christ. That is, uh, if you missed the first segment, Yoel Romero. He's a Cuban FF. Uh, what do you call those guys? MMA. MMA fighter. And um, I found his video. 
templar up there for me. It's awesome, man. He just he just breaks out in a John the Baptist moment right after a, a fight um, with his white headband, red letters, John three sixteen, uh, Tebow style. <laughs> oh man, what a what a story! That guy loves loves uh, loves the Lord, man. All right, so uh, a couple quick stories that Mark Geller wanted to bring to us. Then we're gonna we're going to go into uh, Pearl Harbor stuff. We're just gonna talk some history on Pearl Harbor. But uh, uh, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, I uh, I came across an article just uh, yesterday. It was uh, on the Dredge Report, and the uh, the little headline caught my eye, and so I. Uh, 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 check the article out, and it seems that the uh, Cambridge Dictionary has now updated their definition of woman, and uh, so they so now they're mm. they're finding woman is a different way. Uh, the longtime de- definition uh, for woman is still in their dictionary, and that is defined as quote an adult female human being. Okay, we, we I think we all would agree with that. Right. But here's the new one, and it's the change was based on the number of times uh, w- uh, women and women issues were uh, in the media. And uh, for whatever reason and whatever article. So their new definition is this, quote, an adult who lives and identifies as female, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth, unquote. Now, this is in the Cambridge Dictionary, so um, I I would imagine that it's, it's official now. If you uh, if you uh, follow that, so anyway, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? You, absolutely, you yeah. can't even if, de- define yeah. biology if you can't do that. Yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead. So uh, you can just identify. By the way, uh, Mark uh, Dictionary dot com made. Uh, I was uh, I was on there getting a word definition last night. This popped up on the screen. Um, the, their word of the year is is woman because it had like a 1,400% increase after that Supreme Court justice yeah. said she yeah. didn't know how to define it. Yeah. Well, here's another article, and I got this uh, just this morning. I just jotted down a few notes, and, and it's uh, world's first artificial womb facility. Oh, and, the, and those words, artificial womb, is in uh, uh, italics. Uh, the first world's first artificial womb facility is creepy glimpse of pregnancy in the future now that's the that's the title and the headline it goes on to say ectolife is a company is able to grow their word not mine 30,000 babies a year the ecto package would allow a person to genetically engineer the embryo before implanting it into their artificial womb. Everything from eye and hair color to strength, height, and intelligence can now be chosen. Oh my goodness. Wow. I mean, you know, some of the science fiction movies that we watched yeah. a few years yeah. ago, well, you know. We don't want God uh, telling us anything. We want to we do what we want to do. We want to even pick uh, how our own little babies are going to turn out. Right. Well, so, God is the know. decider of those things. I That's mean, right. you know, you don't uh, God only uh, God only engineered uh, uh, two genders and uh Despite what they may say, you know, that's uh, that's the way that it is. Amen to that. All right, let's talk uh, Pearl Harbor for a minute. I, I looked this up on, uh, I usually don't go to secular sources for history because I don't trust them, and uh, for good reason. But uh, history.com, I wanted just some general information mm-hmm. on Pearl Harbor, and uh, you guys can just... Uh, uh, interject as you as you want here but this is just some some things that happened on December 7 1949 and this is for uh, you know folks that weren't taught the Japanese attacked the Americans uh, the Pacific Fleet US Pacific Fleet at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii and uh, it was a plan to eliminate any potential challenge to Japanese conquests in Asia, and this was this is, is what brought America into World War II. We we had just kind of stayed away at that point. Um, so let me uh, let me scroll down here. Here's some key facts about the attack 
History.com, Why Japan Attacked Pearl Harbor. The Japanese plan to attack Pearl Harbor was devised by An- uh, Admiral Yamamoto, former student at... Any idea? Do you uh, remember this? He, he was educated in the United States. Yes, he was. I can't remember. Harvard. Where. Harvard University. Oh, wow. A former student at Harvard. He served as Japan's naval attache in Washington. So um, he knew that the U.S. had... Far greater resources than Japan, so they, <coughs> excuse me, devised this surprise attack. Japanese forces trained for about a year to prepare for the attack. Um, let me scroll down to some. Okay, so the Japanese attack force. This is this is what they came at us uh, with. It included uh, six aircraft carriers and 420 planes. Wow. Um, they sailed from Hitakapu Bay in the Kuril Islands. I don't know where that is. It was a 3,500-mile voyage to, to, uh, to a staging area 230 miles off the Hawaiian island of Oahu. So they wanted to be close. They brought uh, all, their, all their planes and carriers to uh, 230 miles off of Hawaii. So the U.S. kind of overlooked Japan. They saw some... You know, like we want to do, ah, it's nothing. They, but they did. There were some signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, here they came. They attacked on December 7th. First wave of the attack included 180 uh, Japanese aircraft, torpedo planes, high-level bombers, um, dive bombers, fighters, and then a second wave which was about the same size, and uh, they, just, uh, they just started bombing. 8 a.m. Hawaiian time, and um, um, in they came. But uh, uh, let's see here. The radio code indicating a, sen- a successful attack was Tor Tor Tor. right? We, th- that was a movie, wasn't it? I yes. Think yes. Tor Tor Tor. Japanese to- Torpedo bombers flew just 50 feet above the water. If you've seen uh, Tor 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 or the the, the, the Pearl Harbor, yeah. the new one with, um, I did see that. I can't think of his name. Well, you know, I see his face. But uh, anyway, it was pretty good too. Japanese torpedo bombers flew just 50 feet above the water as they fired at the U.S. ships in the harbor, while other planes strafed the decks with bullets and dropped bombs. The USS Arizona, which was moored next to a repair ship. When the attack began, was struck by several Japanese bombs and exploded in flames as it sank. More than 1,100 service members were killed uh, on that ship alone. Yeah. 1,100 men yeah. went down with the USS Arizona. Um, so there is uh, there's a, a great little hero story here. Though caught off guard, U.S. service members fought back hard and managed to fire more than 284,000 rounds of ammunition because these were men's men back then, right? <laughs> these guys weren't going to sit around. Uh, it was a surprise attack, but, man, they got up and started fighting. They fired back more than 284,000 rounds of ammunition at the Japanese. One of the most outstanding heroes was Cook 3rd Class Doris Dory Miller, who took over a 50 cal, uh, 50 caliber Browning anti-aircraft machine gun on the USS West Virginia, and despite his inexperience with a weapon, managed to shoot down between four and six Japanese planes before being ordered to abandon ship. He later became the first African American to receive the Navy Cross and was killed in action. In uh, in 1943, so I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know that he was killed in action. Yeah, do you know who he is? Uh, I've heard this story. I you know I'm not really familiar with the details, but I, I did hear his story. Uh, I didn't know he was on the West Virginia. That's uh, it was uh, what the U.S. West USS West Virginia was what a battleship or destroyer? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Pearl yeah. Harbor went down. Yes, it yeah. did. yes, yeah. yeah. So. Um, anyway, there's um, there's some some basic knowledge about it. Yeah. Um, there there's a uh, a wall builder story here. Um, David Barton. I don't know if you saw that, um, but he, here's uh, a little bit of a Christian perspective because 
FDR was the president, mm-hmm. and um, you know he's reluctant to get into, involved in World War II, um, and I think Americans in general were. So um, his reaction, everyone knows the famous line that uh, during speech he said, a date which will live in infamy, worst naval disaster in American history and uh, brought declarations of war by Japan, Germany, and Italy against the United States. So those were the Axis powers, right? Japan, mm-hmm. Germany, Italy. And um, and so America, of course, declared war against them. And a four-year battle ensued called World War II. And the Americans won that one. Mm-hmm. I think probably the... Anyway, so here is... Uh, a prayer by Roosevelt that I thought that I thought was uh, interesting because Roosevelt I don't believe was a born again Christian I mean, he was a he was a very liberal president mm-hmm. I I I don't know of any uh, any history that that uh, that he, he was a believer in God yes as, I think he was a higher theist. power but uh, as far as being what we, we consider to be a born again Christian I don't think that uh, there's any evidence to suggest yeah, that I I agree with that so here's Here's FDR's prayer. The year 1941 has brought upon our nation a war of aggression. Our strength, as the strength of all men everywhere, is of greater avail as God upholds us. Therefore, I do hereby appoint the first day of the year 1942 as a day of prayer, of asking forgiveness for our shortcomings of the past. He wouldn't say sin. That was even back then, shortcomings of the past. But, to his credit, he did a sign the first day of the year 1942 is a day of prayer of asking for forgiveness for our shortcomings of the past of consecration to the tasks of the present of asking God's help in days to come we need his guidance that this people may be humble in spirit you wouldn't hear these words today Mark Dallin we need his guidance that his people may be humble in spirit but strong in the conviction of the right steadfast to endure sacrifice and brave to achieve a victory of liberty and peace. You know, it's refreshing to to see that uh, some of our leaders in the past, and it would actually be quite refreshing to see them today. But just a a an acknowledgement of God. Mm. You know that verse in Proverbs chapter three, verse six: "In all thy ways acknowledge Him." And he shall direct thy paths. You know, it's it's a nice little verse that we can teach the children and things like that. But there's a lot of uh, theological truth in that to just the mere acknowledgement of God, which yes. which uh, which FDR did in in that prayer. Uh, you know that God will uh, will uh, in a general sense lead. Uh, mm. A person, individual, or a country. Uh, you know, it's interesting how God's hand was working in, in this. Is uh, even before Pearl Harbor, uh, some generals, and particularly uh, General uh, George Marshall, the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, was watching and monitoring the situation not only in the in the Orient uh, with the Japanese uh, conquest there, but also in you know, Hitler's march across Europe. Uh, during the 1939-1940, they were watching that very carefully and, and thought that there would probably be a time where we would be involved in the war in some fashion. And so uh, if the story is true that Marshall went to FDR uh, in 1940 and said, look, we need to get ready. We need to start uh, uh, preparing men. And, and uh, so there was an aggressive move in the 1940s uh, to... Uh, train uh, soldiers uh, for combat and uh, that that went on you know during the summer months uh, only to see that you know within just a mere few few months uh, you know President Roosevelt would declare war against Japan so we had uh, a fighting force albeit not as big as what we probably would need but there was a fighting force prepared and and we you know we rejoice in the fact that uh, evidently God must have put in the heart and the mind of some of these men, uh, these military men, to watch the situation and to prepare accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a biblical mandate: is to know the situation 
and to plan accordingly for the future. Amen to that. Uh, we have a mutual friend from um, a church we attended a number of years ago who was uh, he was a, a war veteran, U.S. Navy, mm-hmm. and he was there yes. on the day Pearl Harbor was attacked. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sure you did too, but I used to have uh, long discussions with him. He's a, he was a not a believer at the time of Pearl Harbor. He came to Christ later in years, but um, he, uh, he, he never said. He was in the hospital after, at some point during the war. He never told me why exactly. I always got the impression it may have been PTSD because he, he told at the time he, he uh, uh, married uh, this, uh, a little gal that he met while he was in the hospital who was a nurse, Midge. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. So Harold... Uh, uh, Merrills was his name. Some folks in the valley would remember mm-hmm. him, but he loved God and he was a great soul winner. Loved the Bible, but he used to he would tell me the story that uh, they got married after shortly after the war, and he would have to tell his wife, "Do not wake me up in the middle of the night." You know, if if, if you hear me dreaming or whatever, um, because he couldn't he couldn't you know he still had. He had his the, memories. The, these, these, this PTSD, oh. and he was he would be dreaming. You know, the Japanese were attacking him, or whatever, um, and he would he he could be dangerous. Oh my. was his point, and I think that he was probably in the hospital for PTSD. Oh but they didn't call it back, that back then. Yeah. But uh, he uh, he was a he was a great man, and he was one of the one of the men that were there at uh, at Pearl Harbor and uh, fought for America. And uh, thousands yeah. of men died. I forget yeah. how many. Was, exactly. I, well, I you know I, I never heard those stories, and uh, I never I knew Mr. Merrill's, but not as well as you did. And and he was a wonderful Christian gentleman for many. Both of them were just wonderful, radiant Christians. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, you know this this generation, this you know, as Tom Brokaw called them, the the the, the greatest generation, the, that they're they're dying off. You know, and um, I'm not sure how many World War II survivors are still with us today but but uh, you know they're it, they're passing away and and with those is some of those stories I'm, I'm glad that they were able to share those stories that we still have today mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah there it's uh, we just lost of course uh, um, the last surviving Medal of Honor oh yeah, uh, yeah. recipient yeah and um, uh, he's a West Virginian and, and uh, the the way he earned that medal was uh, just just incredible. But uh, when you talk to when you talk to Woody Williams, he's a very very humble man. You know, he, he is. You know, he didn't. Uh, you he know, he, 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 he well, right. He was. He, uh, he. I've heard him say that he. he you know, he uh, wore that medal not for himself, but for those who you know who didn't make it. Woody Williams went. Uh, he was sent on a mission. <laughs> uh, they were. I, I forget. Exactly, but uh, there was uh, Japanese pillboxes, and he took a, f- a flamethrower mm-hmm. and went mm-hmm. from pillbox to pillbox. Just and he didn't even know what the Medal of Honor was. Yeah. He just did something so extraordinary that that he deserved he deserved that medal, yeah. and he uh, wore it proudly. But he he was very humble, and if you ever heard him speak, he spoke. Uh, he gave a speech on the Senate floor one time. And he was MacArthur-esque. If you've ever heard Douglas MacArthur speak, yeah. uh, if you get listen to his "Duty on Our Country" speech, MacArthur's it was f- unbelievable. Um, or "Old Soldiers Never Die." Um, well, Woody Williams was was MacArthur-esque in his the way he spoke. He was and he was a little guy. He was a short guy, yeah. but buddy, he he would. Uh, he would give a speech, and uh, he loved he loved the American soldier, and had a heart for for moms and dads who lost their their boys in in war. And well, and, a mutual friend of ours, uh, uh, Bob Yoho, wrote a book uh, and interviewed him, talked and and talked to him. And I don't know if he wrote a, a an you know a full book about him or he was it was part it was a, it was part a of chapter a, yeah in a, yeah a in chapter a in a book that uh, that just wrote. middle Ohio Valley. Um, um, War heroes, or or you know, guys that served in World War Two, and it is a great book. Yeah, uh, Her- uh, heroes in our midst. Yes, that does uh, by Bob Yoho, and that's that's where I learned about the, 
you know, the details and minutia of, of what he was. I had him on my radio show in Indiana one time, and, uh, uh, man, it was, it was a great interview. I had several. Uh, there, was, there used to be a, a Navy SEAL from Vietnam that lived in the valley here, and a guy named Gene Wentz, and he earned the Silver Star in Vietnam, um, his story, Men in Green Faces, was the book that was written about him. It's a it's a great book, but uh, he was he, the real deal. Also, I had him on. Uh, I, had, I had it during the Veterans Fourth uh, of July week or something. I had a bunch of yeah. great guys on that could tell a story. Um, all right, so Pearl Harbor. Thank you, veterans. God bless you, all you veterans. We appreciate you very much. All right, one more segment. Um, and then we'll be done. This is the Voice of Truth Radio Show with Mike Azinger. We'll be right back. A portion of today's programming on Praise FM 103.9 and Faith Talk 1450 is brought to you by Reno Refinishing. Reno Refinishing is a locally owned and operated furniture repair and refinishing shop. Mike McKenzie, the owner and operator of Reno Refinishing, has 25 years of experience in furniture repair and restoration. Reno Refinishing is available for a free quote to strip and refinish a favorite furniture piece, fix a broken table or chair, or bring a family heirloom back to life. The motto of Reno Refinishing is, no job too big or too small. The phone number for Reno Refinishing is 740-376-0342. And their before and after pictures can be seen at facebook.com slash Finish. We are thankful for Mike McKenzie and our friends at Reno Refinishing for their support of listener-supported Praise FM 103.9 and Faith Talk 1450. Thousands of businesses are established every year. Each began with a good idea, not wishful thinking, but they won't get started if the idea is never shared. God has given us a good idea. Share His love through radio because people need the encouragement of a God-sized message. At this station, we can't let anything come between God's good idea and what you hear. We refuse to be shy about news that changes lives. We will be confident that the encouragement we share is just what you need. And we will be optimistic, knowing that you might be one who needed to hear what we're bold enough to share. When people believe in our good idea, they have voluntarily supplied finances that make this good idea great. Help us share God's good idea. Praise FM at praisefm.net. I want to say something. Maybe I, I'm trying English. She, she, so sorry, so I know the people don't understand me, but I'm trying. Hey! Hey, USC! Hey, Miami! Hey, Florida! Listen, people, listen, listen, listen. What happened to you, USA? What happened to you? What's going on, you? Forget from the best of the best of the war. The name is Jesus Christ. What happened to you? Wake up, you are saying. Go, go back for you. Go, go for Jesus. There you go. That was Yoel Romero, and that was after an MMA fight. He had his white headband with John three sixteen in red letters. <laughs> and uh, boy, he just he just fired up and preached. I, uh, man, the Holy Spirit got a hold of him. Uh, Dallers, I think, is what happened. So you're listening to Voice of Truth Radio with Mike Azinger. Got Mark Daller and Tim Daller in the radio uh, uh, station here. Pastor Leversey is on vacation, so he said, "Listen, people, listen, listen, listen. What happened to you, USA?" What happened to you? What's going on? You forget. The best of the best of the world. He's Cuban, obviously. Bad English, but great message. The name of Jesus Christ. What happened to you? Wake up, USA. Go back where you've gone. Go to Jesus. No forget Jesus, people. Oh, man, I love that little 30-second 
Decent uh, piece. I found it somewhere on uh, Facebook or whatever. But uh, Yoel Romero, I have a new hero. And I don't watch MMA, but if I do, I'm going to watch Yoel Romero because I think even better than his fights are his sermons after the <laughs> fights, right? Huh? That was like a one-point sermon. Hey, USA, you forget Jesus. <laughs> That's true, right? We forget I, Jesus. I, I like them when they're short. <laughs> That's what uh, your... Uh, People say, yeah, yeah, but you do pastor a, sur- a church, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm sure or my all pastors in Walker, right? Waverly, Deer uh, uh, Walk, Deer Walk. Okay, so um, what church? What's your church? Middle Ridge Baptist Church. Middle Ridge Baptist Church. How you've been there a while now? Uh, five years. Five years you pastored. That's great. Not your first church either. Uh, no, but uh, your first church as a bona fide doctor, right? Uh, yeah, I believe yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you are I, a I, I've, I've the real deal doctor, not like uh, some of us yeah. who just act like we are. Um, all right, so we got uh, religious freedom. We're going to talk about that to the end of the show, next nine minutes. Um, so first, first story that I saw that I want to bring up is this guy. <laughs> this guy is great. Here's another. Uh, you know, amongst all of this. Um, growing persecution, I think, is a fair way to say what's happening happening in America. There are people standing up. There's some people we're yeah. finding that have genuine courage. So here's one of them. This guy says, I refuse to comply. Every American should learn those four words. I refuse to comply. Christians refuse to remove Arkansas nativity scene. So, here it is. Christians in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, are openly defying their government leaders after they were ordered to remove a nativity scene from a city park. Would, that, would he have scripture to back him up on that? Absolutely. I think the nurses of uh, Israel, right? Yeah, the the uh, Absolutely. They said, "No, we're not going to we're not going to kill the babies," yeah, right? right? So this guy is saying, "No, uh, I'm not going I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to remove the nativity scene." These uh, you know, like these court orders to remove the 10 commandments that happened around Why why do these guys not say, "Hey, I'm not going to participate in that." I'm not going to, you're not going to see me out, you know, whoever they are that have to do the actual work of removing the Ten Commandments. Somebody needs to say no. We're not going to do it. Absolutely. If everybody said no, the Ten Commandments would still be here. So here's a guy. He's not the mayor even. He's saying, uh, he works for the mayor, I think. He's saying, no, I'm not going to comply. The nativity scene had been a holiday tradition in Basin Park since 1950. There you go. And uh, he's saying um, volunteers from the Great Passion Play have erected the nativity scene on behalf of Beta Sigma Pi uh, Phi for a number of years. But Executive Director Randall Christie said this year he was ordered by the mayor and the city attorney to remove Mary and the Christ child. This is Christmas, he said. Why is the the, uh, nativity... Such a threat to the mayor of Eureka Springs. Christie said he has no plans to comply. <laughs> it's not on his schedule to comply. I'm not doing that today. Uh-uh. Uh, he will be a guest Monday on the Todd Tar- Star Show, so I guess that's already happened. I guess he's not woke, is he? He's not woke. He is quite asleep to the woke crowd and yeah. their ungodliness. He said, I am fed up with it. <laughs> there you a, go. That's a good uh, way to put it. I am fed up with it, and I'm not giving. Uh, I'm not going to do it. He said in a video posted on Facebook. I instructed my staff today: do not comply with the mayor's request to remove this beautiful nativity scene that's been here since 1950. Yep. How about that? You know, there is a biblical mandate, you know. I mean, uh, stand first, up. That's great. Exactly. That's what we and, need to do. And, uh, and you know, we're, we're familiar with the story of, of three young 
young men who stood up. You know, that, that old story that we tell our children, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, it took some guts, and, and that's a word that we don't hear too much, you know, mm-hmm. intestinal fortitude, to stand up to the ruling authority and says, we're not going to comply. We're just not going to do it, you know, and let you know, whatever come what may, we're not going to do it. Yep. And, and so, yeah, we do have a biblical standard to follow. Yeah, and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, were going to die. Yeah, that, uh, the, uh, in America, that we're not there yet. Well, well, even history tells us. You know, when Martin Luther stood before that council, and uh, you know they they did everything they could to you know persuade him to conjole him to every to recant what he said and you know those famous words that's engraved in that wall in that church in germany says here i stand i can do no other you know you've pushed me against the wall i'm not i can't I, i'm not going to give in i'm not going to comply yeah and that's uh, that's what american christianity needs in a bad way i'm going to read this paragraph again this guy said he works uh, for the mayor um uh, City manager, I guess is what they called him. If that's, uh, he said, I'm fed up with it, and I'm not going to do it, he said in a video posted on Facebook. I, uh, I instructed my staff today, do not comply with the mayor's request to remove this beautiful nativity scene that's been here since 1950. So you have, uh, you have these groups like the Freedom From Religion in Wisconsin, the uh, ACLU, uh, these devilish groups that cherry pick all over the country, and they say we're going to come sue you. Yeah, and it scares uh, you know. And I get that. You yeah. know, you got this group, and the problem is the courts. The mm-hmm. problem is that there's no sure thing in the courts, and uh, the courts in our district. I think are pretty bad, and we fold all every time. You know, over at Parksburg South, they they told them to take down Philippians four thirteen, and they they painted over it, and then they just recently picked on South again, and uh, oh, you wow. know, and you know, I seen that uh, it was it's their is it the wrestling team that they you know they they have these t- I see mm-hmm. every so often I'll see someone out in in public with one of these yeah. t shirts, and on I think on the back is is that very verse. Yeah, that's and, and it really that's what caught my eye, and you know that's like, where it came from. Yeah, because they they said, okay, you're going to make us paint over it. Then they started printing these T-shirts. Yeah. with uh, Philippians four thirteen, which was a, a great a great way to respond. Um, so well, well, you know, I want to salute Parkersburg for standing up, whereas so many other and, and you're obviously more familiar with this than I am. But just from reading the paper, uh, you know that so many other cities and part in West Virginia has, has complied to this. Uh, so ordinance. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and Parkersburg stood up and and was it a year or two ago that there was a number yeah. of pastors that was at a meeting and said we're not doing yeah, this. Yeah. And and you got to give credit to. Uh, the mayor, Tommy Joyce, and yeah. the city council, yeah. uh, most of them said, nope, and, and the SOGI ordinance is sexual, sexual orientation, gender identity, which, which basically is a bathroom bill, you know. Oh, yeah. It says, uh, look, uh, if I identify as a woman, I'm going to go in a woman's bathroom. I don't care if I am a male. That's what the SOGI ordinances do. And they passed in several cities around the state. But Parkersburg stood up and said, "Not here," yeah. and God bless them to their eternal credit. They uh, they did that. So anyway, so here's a guy that is standing up down in Arkansas, and I guarantee you, yeah, good for him. And I guarantee you that his courage will be contagious. God uses yeah. stuff like this, and um, anyway, praise God for that. All right, we're done today with the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I think Pastor Leversey will be back next week i believe and if not we'll uh we'll have something here for you thanks for listening in we'll be uh this show will play again thursdays at five saturday at three so if you miss something you want to hear um tune in again this is mike asinger for voice of truth radio show have a great day